Well, let's open up our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. We have been doing a series uh, this whole year. This is a, uh, I went back and looked. I think this is like the eighth in the series that we've been doing. And uh, we've been doing a series on the supernatural. The Lord spoke to us the first of this year and told us that 2019 will be a year of the supernatural, a year that the supernatural becomes our natural. And that it'll be, uh, we'll be, we'll be able to walk in the supernatural just as easy as we can the natural. Amen. That's the way God designed it. That's the way God's, uh, that's the way He wants it to be. Amen. And we've looked at different aspects of the supernatural. We've looked at, you know, what the supernatural is and, uh, the basics of it. We also, we also saw how that, um, to access the supernatural. And, and we've, for those of you that maybe haven't been with us the whole time, we've, we've defined the supernatural just simply as anything that pertains to God. You know, anything that involves God is going to be supernatural because, um, you know, if we can do it in the natural by ourselves and we don't need Him, then, then it's, of course, what? It's just natural. But anytime that we need God and we have to have Him, and listen, our lives should consist uh, daily of, of a prayer that, that cries out to God and says, God, I need you. You know, we should never come to the place where, where we feel like we don't need Him in our lives. Or in our daily life, you know, everything we do, it should be a cry out to God. Say, God, if you if you're not with me, if you're if you don't go with me, if you don't help me in this, then I won't be able to do it. And you know, so so that is what we've kind of broadly defined as supernatural. Any, anything that that deals with God. But we've looked at how that the way we access that, the only way we can access the things of God is by faith, right? And that that the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So if, if we're going to walk in the supernatural, if the supernatural is going to become natural to us, then we're, is, we're going to have to live a life of faith. Because faith is, uh, the Bible says, what, six or seven different times, that the just or the righteous will live by faith. We don't live by what we see, we don't live by how we feel, but we live by faith. Right? I'm not talking to I'm not talking to, I'm not talking to people that that uh, have never heard this before. Hopefully, I mean y'all know that that if you know if you're going to receive anything from God, it's going to be by faith, and you know and, and of course then we 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 looked at that for a few weeks about faith you know faith for the supernatural and walking in the supernatural and different things like that. But then one of the major ways, one of the main ways that we walk by faith, or one of the main ways that we access things by faith, is through our words. And we spent two weeks talking about the power of our words, talking like God, the importance of, of saying what God says, the importance of finding out Scripture, finding out Word, and, and, uh, and speaking the supernatural. You know, not just speaking the natural, but speaking the supernatural. Then Kim Clout was with us last week. Boy, wasn't that a blessing? Amen. You know, and I, t- I told him when we went to lunch, I told him, I said, Brother, I said, I'm just going to put part three on your CD and put it in, put it in with my previous two weeks, I said, because you preached part three of my sermon, you know, or my series that I was doing on speaking the words. And so he talked about, last week, Kim talked about, uh, you know, the power of our words and, and why there's power, the power of life and death, you know, why, why our words carry that much power. And man, that was so, that was so eye-opening, you know, and just the way he presented that. So, uh, so that was, you know, so, so that kind of, that kind of tied up everything that I had, the last two weeks that I'd been talking about. So this week as I was praying, asking the Lord which direction to go, um, I came across this scripture and I put it in your sermon notes on the back of your bulletin if you, if you, uh, if you want to look there or you can look up here. It's on, it's 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. And what I want to talk to you about today is this. You know, when we have, you know, we, we know that, we know that if we're supposed to walk in the supernatural and that we access it by faith and we use our words to do that is a big part of it. And there's other things too, but, but you know, our words and the way we speak and the way we talk, uh, that's a big part of walking in the supernatural and learning to flow in the supernatural. Um, but one of, the, one of the problems we have is this, and one of the reasons why our speech is so messed up and why, our, uh, why so much of the time our talking gets us so much into trouble is because we don't know who we are. There's an identity crisis. And we've talked about this before. I think BJ's been talking about this. BJ and Katie, I think they've been talking about this up in the youth for a, for a while now. But really, there is an identity crisis in the body of Christ. People just don't know who they are. And, they, and if you don't know who you are, listen, you could be, if, if you were this, you know, if you were a son or daughter of a millionaire, 
but you didn't know it, you could live like a pauper. You could. And your mom and dad may be wanting to give you money. They may be wanting to give you blessings. They may be wanting to do those things. But if you didn't know it, then it wouldn't do you any good. You know, and, and like, for example, if, if I slipped up and, and, and got your wallet and put a $100 bill in your wallet, and, but you didn't know it, then you could go around telling people, I don't have any money. But if they got your wallet out and looked, they'd say, well, you got a $100 bill here. But if you didn't know it, then guess what? You couldn't use it. Right? Well, that's the way it is with the body of Christ. God has said things about us, and, and God looks at us a certain way and expects us to live a certain way. But the problem so much of the time is, is that we, we don't know it or we don't recognize it or we don't, we don't, uh, we don't apply it to our lives, I, I guess is the best way to say that. And so therefore, we miss out on all of the benefits of what God is wanting to do in our lives. So as I was praying this week, and I, I was just doing some reading in Corinthians, and, and uh, in one of my, in one of my uh, afternoons, I was, just, I was just reading the Bible some, and came across this. And let's, Ginger, let's put that up in the Amplified, if you would. And, uh, and I love this, and, I, and, and this just really touched my heart this week. And, and, and this, to me, this is really a, uh, this is really a, a verse that, that I kind of I wanted to make it our uh, kind of a theme verse for maybe the, this next few weeks that we're going to be talking about identity. Listen to, listen to what Paul said here to the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. And like I said, I put this in your, it's in your sermon notes there, this one particular scripture. But, but from the Amplified Version, it says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be firm, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, Always being superior, excelling, doing more than enough in the service of the Lord, knowing and being continually aware that your labor in the Lord is not futile, it's not, it is never wasted or to no purpose. Man, isn't that strong? But Paul told the church, be immovable. You know, be, be steadfast, be firm, always abounding in the Lord. Now, how are we going to do that? You know, is, is this the first thing we have to realize is this. When we start talking about our, our identity, the first thing we have to realize and we have to ask ourselves is, who is it that, who does God say that I am? You know, because, uh, you know, Smith Wigglesworth used to say that all the time. He'd, he'd say, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. You know, I'm moved only by what the Word of God says. You know, and so, so we, have to, we have to find the Word. We have to dig the Word. That's the reason Paul, you know, uh, David would say things like this in the Old Testament. He would say, you know, I've, he said, Your Word have I hid in my heart so that I might not sin against you. So he hides, you know, David said, I hide the Word of God in me. Why? So that it can help me. How are we going to be immovable? How are we going to be steadfast? How are we going to abound in the things of the Lord? The only way we're going to do that is to have His Word to know what His Word says and to have His Word in us. You know, uh, it's never if, if we ever get to the place where we're having problems in our life, most of the time, you know, and, and there may be some, some circumstances that may not be true, but I would say most of the time, um, one of the biggest reasons why we're having issues in our life is a word shortage. You know, we have a, a word of God shortage. Most of the time, most people don't have a word shortage. They, ha they say plenty of words. The problem is they're just the wrong kind of words. You know, in other words, you know, you, you'll hear words like this. You'll hear people say, well, I just can't catch a break. If, you know, and, and, you know, we all, if, well, I say we all, but I, I forget there's a whole younger generation now. We, you know, I, I grew up on, on the, the song from Hee Haw, right? You know, gloom and despair and agony and on me, you know, if it wasn't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all, you know. And people go around singing that and, and you know, they put bumper stickers on their car and they think they're being funny. But listen, we, if we understand the power of our words... You see bumper stickers on cars, you know, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. Well, I kind of, I kind of like to say, you know, hey, I'm debt free. Amen. You know, I owe no man anything. That's a whole lot better confession than I owe, I owe, so off to work I go, right? 
But see, we say things like that, and we, and you know, and we say things like, oh, my back is killing me. You know, this is going to be the death of me. We say things like that all the time without even, without even thinking about it. And the reason being is because, because we do have an identity crisis. We don't, we, we, we for, either we've forgotten or we just don't know what God has said about us. So this morning, I want to start talking uh, for, I don't know, for a couple weeks probably, but, but I want to start looking at, you know, how we, can, um, how we can understand who we are supernaturally. Because, see, if you only look at yourself through the eyes of the flesh, then you're going to be very limited. Because if you look through the eyes of the flesh, you're going to say, you're going to look at your bank account and say, well, there's no way I can do that. You're going to look at your body and say, my body's sick, my body's broken down, my, you know, I, I'm overweight, or I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have this, or I don't have that, or, or you know, if I was only born on the other side of the tracks... You know, I don't have the education. I don't, I'm not smart enough to do this. I'm not smart enough to do that. But you understand, when we see things the way God sees them, all of that language should stop and we should start saying things like, with God, all things are possible. Is there anything... You know, we, we asked this question sometime back when we were talking about faith, but, but you know, we asked the question, is anything impossible for the Lord? Is anything too hard for Him? I mean, and if, and, if the answer, and if we know that answer, then, then we should stop saying how limited we are. And we should start agreeing with what God says. So let's look at just a few scriptures here this morning, and then I've got a handout I want to give out to you. I'm not going to give it to you yet because you won't listen to a thing I say and you'll just read it. So I want to, I'll hand it out a little bit later. But let's look at John chapter 15 and verse 16. John 15 and verse 16. And, and I, want to, I want you to shift your focus this morning, and I want you to start thinking and looking at yourself the way God looks at you. And sometimes that's hard to do. Because, because we, you know, every day, multiple times a day, and, and we're reminded of the flesh, of how limited we are, of how, of how you know, we, we are, I mean, in the natural, we're reminded of how, how limited we are, how, uh, how we're not smart enough, we don't have enough money, we don't have enough time, we don't have the opportunity. You know, we're reminded of that. That smacks us in the face multiple times a day. Right? Or am I the only one? I mean, I, I think all of us, you know, we're reminded of our limitations in the natural. But just because it's a natural thing doesn't mean that God can't change that and that God will change that if we'll allow Him to. And so we have to start seeing things through His eyes instead of just through our eyes. In John chapter 15, now listen to this. This is an incredible statement. Jesus, this is, this is Jesus talking here. And, and, you know, this is right in the middle of, of some of His last teaching to His disciples. And, and Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. And, and He's sharing some very important information with, with His disciples and, and just some really a lot of meat in these three or four chapters here, 14 through 17 in that area there. But in John 15, verse 16, just one verse that I'll pull out, he says this. Um, well, man, I, can, I, we can, well, I ain't going to read the rest of that. We'll just start with 16. I can go back up and read all that. That's good stuff. But, but I've got to get somewhere this morning. John, uh, verse, chapter 15, verse 16. Jesus said this. Now listen to this. Jesus said, You have not chosen me. But I have chosen you. Now stop right there, even before we read the rest of that verse. So much of the time, you know, we, we are labeled by our abilities. You know, um, I, I'm a big sports fan, so, you know, I mean, and, and I played sports my whole life. And, you know, and there are always those kids when you're picking teams... You know, you never want to be the last one picked. Right? I mean, you know, they're picking everybody, and then finally the, the last one or two, and then somebody finally just says, well, I guess I'll take him. Well, boy, that's not very encouraging, is it? <clears throat> you know, but it's good when, when you're, you know, when you're, a, <laughs> you know when, when you're in that setting, it's good to be chosen before having, just having to have somebody just settle with you. Right? It's good to hear somebody say, hey, well, I picked David. I want David on my team. I want Donnie on my team. I want Gary on. Gary, Gary, I got Gary. 
You know, that's good when somebody chooses you. And here, Jesus told us this. Jesus says, you haven't chosen me. I choose you. And you see, that mentality, just if we stopped right there and said nothing else today, that could radically change your life. If you realize that, that you are chosen by God. That, you know, this is one of the things that, that you hear us say this a lot here at Destiny. But, I mean, even the name of it. But, but you hear us say things like, every single person has a destiny. There's something that God has put on the inside of you that you can do better than anybody else. And, and if you don't do it, and if you, if, if you, if you, uh, you know, live your life and you stay away from that and you don't do that thing that God has called you to do, then, then people will miss out on, on areas in their lives because God has put you right where you are, right in this time frame, in, in the end times here, the, the last of the last days, God has chosen you to be right where you are, to be in the family that you're in, to be at the place of, of work that you're in, to be surrounded by the people you're surrounded with, because He's got something inside of you that they need. Well, I don't like my job. You know, I hate my job. Well... Maybe if, you, maybe if you started looking at it a little bit different. Maybe if you started saying, well, God, how can you use me here? How can I be a blessing at this job? Maybe, you, maybe, you are, maybe you're supposed to change jobs. Maybe the Lord's leading you to do something else. Well, then say, even, even, be, even have the mindset of, Lord, even as I leave, how can I leave this place better than I found it? Because, see, there's things on the inside of you because God chose you. You're not an accident. Amen. Amen. He chose you to be right here, right now, exactly where you are. Now, your decisions and things, yes, that plays into it. But what I'm saying is this. If we, if we change the way we look and start looking at this and saying this, I feel honored that God chose me that He put me in this place for such a time as this. I'm chosen. You see how that, that changes your perspective, just even on where you are in your life right now? God chose me to be right where I am right now. And if I allow God to use me, and if I allow God to speak to me, and, and if I allow God to, if I understand who I am and the way God made me, then you know what? Then I can be a blessing where I am. I can prosper where I am. I can be a success right here where God has placed me at this time. Yeah, next year you may be somewhere else. That's fine. But don't wait till next year to believe God. Believe God and, and start thinking and start thinking right now. I'm chosen by God. He chose me. Just say that. Say, He chose me. There's just something about that, that, that just to think that somebody, that God, that not just somebody, it's, it's good that when somebody chooses you, but isn't it even greater to think that God chose you? He's not just a somebody, but Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And he goes on and he says, he says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I've ordained you. Now look at that. The, the, amplified, the amplified says he's appointed you. He's planted you. That word ordained just means, we could, we could use another word in there, he's equipped you. God chose you, and then he put on the inside of you everything you need to be a success. I don't think you got that yet. <laughs> think about think about it. He chose you and he ordained you. He equipped you. He's given you everything you need to be a success. Well, pastor, I just I hate my job. You know, man, I I hate the people I work with. Well, maybe, maybe change the way you see. God has equipped you to be right where you are. 
He's given you everything you need to prosper and to show people the love of God right where you are right now. All right, I'll move on. Y'all didn't like that too good. But listen, listen to what Jesus said He's ordained us to. He says, You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you, and I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. That's prospering, right? If a fruit tree brings forth fruit, then we would say that fruit tree's healthy. That fruit tree's prospering. You know, uh, you look out, you look outside today, and and you know, and, and with the warm weather and everything that we've been having, you know, you see you see the trees starting to bud, flowers starting to come up, the the, the spring starting to starting to spring, right? It's what and and things are starting to prosper again. And God says, or Jesus here said, He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you, and I've appointed you, I've equipped you, I've ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit. That you should prosper. And, now notice this, I love this. He says, and that your fruit should remain. So Jesus said, you know, this is, this is the heart of God. He said, I've chosen you. And I've equipped you, I've prepared you, that you could go and you could produce fruit. And not only produce fruit for one season, but he said, he said I've equipped you so that your fruit can remain. Now, it's one thing for a fruit tree to, to bear fruit. But you know what? We all know that fruit trees have seasons. And in the off-season, those fruit trees don't produce fruit. But here Jesus said, he said, what, he said, since I've chosen you, and since I've equipped you, and I've prepared you, he said, I, and, he said, and he said, here's what I've equipped you to do. I've equipped you to go produce fruit, but it's not just fruit that lasts for a little bit. He said, he said what I want you to produce, he said, now, what I've equipped you to do is to produce fruit that will remain. That will be a blessing from, you know, for many, many months, not just for a short period of time. For years, for decades. Amen. And then, look at the last phrase here. That, now, now let's, read, let's just read that again, all of it. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And I've ordained, I've equipped, I've appointed you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that you should prosper, and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, He may give it to you. <laughs> Alright. How in the world do we get this verse to work for us? That's my question. How, how can I... That last phrase, you know, that whatsoever I ask... I'll have it. How many of you want to know the answer to that? How do you get that to work? Well, I mean, it is faith and it is our words. But, but he, he told us here, He's given us, he, this is not a riddle. He's not like giving us a puzzle to figure out. He told us in this verse how to make that happen. And here's, here's what you have to understand. There's things, when, when you get born again, when, when you ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you get born again. There's, there's things that, uh, you know, the Bible, the Bible calls it the fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit, and actually the Holy Spirit comes on the, lives on the inside of us. We know that. We're born again. Our spirit is recreated. We, you know, we become, we become new creations. But what happens is this, that God puts the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of every one of us. Now, there's, there's nine different fruits and there's also nine different gifts of the Spirit, right? The, the fruit of the Spirit are, are on the inside of every single person. It's not, a, it's not a buffet style where you pick and choose which ones you want. You know, we like the buffet style Christianity. We pick out the Scriptures we like and we leave the, the ones we don't like, we just kind of act like they're not even there. But that's not the way God works. God puts the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of every one of us. And that fruit, 
what that fruit of the Spirit is, let's, let's look at the fruit of the Spirit. <clears throat> let's, let's go to, uh, let's see, where's the fruit of the Spirit? I didn't even write that down. Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. My Bible turned right open to it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <clears throat> that would have been embarrassing if I didn't know where the fruit of the Spirit was. Me talking about it, wouldn't it? <laughs> Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And we'll just read this, just these couple verses here. And there's a lot around that. But here, here's what the fruit of the Spirit is. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, the Amplified, let's read the Amplified on that because it uh, amplifies it. But the fruit of the Spirit, verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit, the work, now listen, the work which His presence within accomplishes is love, joy, which is gladness, peace, patience, an even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness, Gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint. Mm, that's a good one. Against such there is no law that can, have, that can bring a charge. So here's what happens. Keeping that in mind, let's go back to John 15 again. Jesus said He chose us, and when it says He ordained us or He equipped us, He appointed us, that we should go bear fruit. That fruit that he's talking about there is the fruit of the Spirit. And see, because here's what every, every believer, every believer should be producing the fruit of the Spirit in your life. Not just whichever ones you think you're good at. Well, I'm good at love, but that self-temperance thing, you know, that temper thing, I don't, you know, I ain't got it, I ain't got that one yet. You know, that's for somebody else. No. They're all for you. Now, in John, John, chapter, John chapter 15, he says, he says, I've chosen you, I've ordained you, that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that it should remain. In other words, it's not just a one-time deal. It's not that you walk in love today and check that off and say, okay, I don't have to do that one again. But that, that, you walk in, that you're walking in love remains. And when it remains, when joy remains, when patience remains, when long-suffering remains, forbearance remains, all nine, of those, all nine of the fruit of the Spirit, when they remain, what will happen? What, what, is, what good does it do when that remains? That you can ask Him whatever you want, and it will be yours. So how do you do it? You let the fruit of the Spirit, which He's put on the inside of you, He's equipped you, He's planted the seed on the inside of you. It's there. You've got it. You just have to learn to let it flow, to, to grow, to walk in it. And when you, when you get, when you get to, the, the, to the place where you're walking in all of them, hey, you can ask anything you want, and He'll answer well, why is that? Because you know what? If you're walking in all the fruit of the Spirit and, and it's remaining in your life, you're walking in that consistently, you know what? You're going to be having a pretty good walk with Jesus. Yeah. No hate, no fear, no uh, jealousy. You're walking in love with people. Come on. You're full of joy. You're not worrying about things. That listen, see, that's who you are. I, I, I you know, I, I hear the thoughts. Well, you know, well, one day I might get there. No, that's who you are today. Amen. See, you need to start confessing, because see, because immediately, even when we read some of that in Galatians five, you know, I, I could even hear some people chuckle. You know, when when you read when you hit some of them, you know, in Galatians chapter five, you you know where it talks about the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, that long suffering. Oh boy, yeah, all right, you know. You know, and you hear people say, oh, let them push my button. I'll show them. 
Well, you see, what kind of confession is that? It's, you should be saying, you know, the Lord is, the Lord is, is helping me be long-suffering. The Lord's helping me to, to, have, to have an even temper. When you lose your temper, then you know what you need to do? You need to find it. <laughs> Real quick. And pull it back in and say, no, no. The fruit of the Spirit in me is working greater. Because remember, the fruit of the Spirit, I love that last verse in 23. It says, against such there is no law, or any." and the Amplified says that, that there's not anyone that can bring a charge. In other words, when you're walking in the fruit of the Spirit, there, the devil can't throw any accusations at you whatsoever that will stick. Nobody can bring a charge against you. Why? Because I'm walking in love, I'm full of joy, I've got peace that passes understanding. I'm long-suffering with the people. Yeah, but you're going to let them talk to you like that? Listen, I don't care. You know what? God's got me. God God is my justifier. He's my protector. If God's for me, what can man do to me? You see how, I mean... Just, just those simple little things, how just a simple adjustment changes everything. Now, I know this is not shouting, running up and down the aisle type thing, because you know what this means? This means you've got to do something about your life. You can pray all day long. Listen, you can pray all day long that God will, that God will do something about your temper, but until you, until you learn to hold your temper, all the prayer in the world is not going to help you. Now, it's good to pray about things. You understand that. But if every time you get mad, you just fly off and let it go. Until, until you learn, until you learn to, to start biting your tongue saying, mm, boy, I want to say that, but I'm not going to. And just smile real big. If, 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 you, if you ever say something and somebody just smiles real big at you, just know they're biting their tongue, right? Mm. Yeah. But you see, guys, listen. We're talking about we're talking about the supernatural. How do you how do you walk in the supernatural? How do you walk in the things of God? You let the fruit of the spirit develop in your life, and then you you and it remains in your life. It's not a one time deal. But Jesus said, "I've equipped you. I've ordained you. I've appointed you that that fruit should remain. That that those the fruit of the spirit here in Galatians five: love, joy, peace. You know, long suffering, temperance." Goodness, faith, gentleness, meekness. Man, all those things should start, should start being evident. People should see all of those traits in us. Because they're in you. Now remember, y'all were shouting a minute ago, y'all were shouting a minute ago when, when you were talking about God chose you. Whoo, God chose me. Yeah, that's right. Hey, He chose me. But what did He choose you for? To bear fruit. He put the fruit in you so that you could bear fruit so other people could see it. What do you do with fruit? Now, I love fruit. You enjoy it. You partake. You eat it. And when your fruit shows to other people the fruit of the Spirit, it's going to make them want what you have. And what have you got? You get to tell them, hey, God chose you too. God chose me and God chose you. And you can start on the same journey that I'm on. All you got to do is give your life to Him. But how many people, how many people live their lives without ever, without ever even trying to develop the fruit of the Spirit in their lives? Or like I said, they pick and choose. Well, I, you know, well, I got the joy part. I can laugh with the best of them. But you know, that temperance thing, that long-suffering thing, forget that. That's not me. No, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said that that fruit, when it remains, that's when you'll ask whatever you want and you'll have it. Amen. Now look at Ephesians 1. You're right there in Galatians. Look at Ephesians. Or you may have turned back to John, but just turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. Here here this is again talking about choosing, that you being chosen. Ephesians 1 verse 4. Ephesians 1.4 says this, According as He hath chosen us in Him 
before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. So not only did He choose you, He chose you before He created the world. Even after, even after how you turned out, He still chose you. <laughs> even after everything you've been through, God will look at you and say, Son or daughter, I chose you before the foundations of the earth. The Amplified says this, Even as in His love He chose us, He actually picked us out for Himself as His own in Christ before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, and set apart for Him, and blameless in His sight, even above, even above reproach before Him in love. So see, He said that before or in His sight, we are blameless. Now how can that be? Because you know as well as I do, the Lord knows what you did last night. He knows what you did last week. He knows, he knows what you wrote down on, on that application or on, the, on your taxes or on, you know, he, he, listen, He knows everything about you. But the Bible says that He still chose you. And He chose you and He accepted you. Why, how, could, how, could, how could the God of the universe that's so holy and so righteous, how could He accept me? Because when you accepted His Son... You got put in Christ. And when He sees you, when God sees you now, He sees you in Christ. You've been in Christed. Amen. Amen. And see, when He sees you, he, don't see, he doesn't see, God doesn't see all your mistakes. What He sees is His Son's blood. And the Bible says, this is an amazing thought, and we'll, we'll get to this, I'm not going to get to it today, but just, I'll leave this thought with you. This is an amazing thought. The Bible says that God loves you and He loves me as much as He loves Jesus. That's an amazing... I mean, that, that'll blow you away. Even with all of our imperfections and all of the mistakes that we make, the Bible says He loves me as much as He loves... How could He do that? Because He doesn't see my mistakes. He sees me in Christ. You see, that's who I am. I'm not the sum of all my mistakes. I'm in Christ. That's who I am. So we've been chosen before the foundations of the earth. Colossians 2, let's look at this and we'll, I think we'll finish up right here. And I've got this handout to give you. And we'll talk about this just for a second. Colossians 2. Now listen to this. So He's chosen us, and he's, he's equipped us and anointed us to bear fruit. Then notice here in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, He says this, For in Him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now if that's all that He said, you know, we could all just say, well, amen, you know, Jesus is, that's Jesus. But then look at verse number 10, though. So verse 9 says, In Him dwelleth all of the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Then verse 10 says this, And you are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. So you and I, not only did He choose us, but He completed us. He chose us. He equipped us. He put the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of us so that when that fruit develops and we walk in that fruit and we're, we're, we're producing that fruit and that fruit remains in our life, then we can ask anything we want and it's ours. Why? Because we're complete in Him. Now listen, it takes, some, it takes, it takes a mind shift it takes a renewing of your mind to get this. Because you're not going to just get this overnight. Because we've been trained, our minds have been trained to think right the opposite. Well, I don't deserve, I don't deserve that. You know, nobody, nobody could love me. You know, you look at all the stuff I've done. I, I mean, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a poor white boy from the wrong side of the tracks. 
Well, see, that's not the way God sees you. And, and that identity crisis, if you, if you keep up with that identity if, and you walk that identity out, that's exactly what you can have. Yeah. Or you can change your identity or change the way you see your identity and take the identity that you have in Christ and all the blessings that come with that. How do you do that? Well, the Bible tells us we have to renew our mind, right? Um, if I could get the, a couple guys to help me, a couple ushers or somebody to... Actually, I'll get uh, Noah if you'll hand some of these out. And Kenneth if, or, and Vernon, you can give some to Vernon. And... <clears throat> Actually, let me have one of those. I didn't keep one for myself. <laughs> All right. So how do we do this? This has actually got two, two different sides on it. It's both front and back. The Bible tells us in Romans 12 that we have to renew our mind. You know, and that, that renewing our mind means we have to change the way we think. We have to start thinking like God thinks. We have to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. Amen? Amen. And how do we do that? We start getting Word in us. We talked about that earlier. Remember about... You know, you do that by getting the Word in you. Noah, you can help over here on this side too. <clears throat> but, you, but, you know, we have to, we have to start, start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And when we do that, then that's, that's when we'll start, we'll start walking in this. So on this handout, I'll, I'll wait till. <clears throat> I think this whole side over here, Kenneth, needs that whole section over there. I think I should have enough. I, if, hopefully I do. I'm printing plenty of them off. So, so how, do, how do we change things? You know, we know that we change things by, by getting in the Word and by seeing ourselves the way God sees us. I'll wait till everybody gets it so nobody's behind. Thank you, Noah and Vernon and Kenneth. Did everybody get one? Anybody else need one? Everybody good? Okay. All right. So let's just look at on the front side or whichever. Let's look at the one that says, since I'm in Christ. You know, that's remember what we said, that, that when God sees you, He sees you in Christ. So He sees you complete. So, so these are just scriptures that helps you. And, and you could read this every day just to renew your mind. And, you know, and, and it can just be your confession. Since I'm in Christ, by the grace of God, I have been justified, completely forgiven, and made righteous. And that's Romans 5.1. You can, and you can look up the verses, and that's just paraphrasing the, the Scripture. But you see, you can take that, just that one verse. I've been justified, I've, I'm completely forgiven, and I've been made righteous since I'm in Christ. That's, that's who I am. I died with Christ, and I died to the power of sin's rule over my life. You see, if, you, if you've got a problem with sin in your life right now, you can start confessing that and say, say you know, every time that you have that thought or every time that, that thing starts to come up or even every time that you do that thing, whatever it is, you could, you could just say, but I'm dead to the power of that. You know, I've been, I'm dead with Christ and I've, ra I'm ra raised, I've, I've been raised again in His power and I'm, I'm dead, I've died to the power of sin's rule over my life. And you make that your confession and you see yourself that way. And before you know it, that, that will break the power of that over your life. I'm free forever from condemnation. Glory to God. Thank the Lord that there's now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Romans 8.1 I've been placed into Christ by God's doing. So it's not by my own doing, but God put me in Christ. And if God put me there, there ain't nobody going to take me out. Come on. You see, so you go through all of these... I mean, you know, you go through all of these confessions and these scriptures and you renew your mind and you start seeing yourself the way God sees Because this is how God sees you. All of these scriptures right here. And there's even more than this. This is not all of them, but this is just a, a good selection of them. This is how God sees you since you are in Christ. Brother Hagin has got a great book back there, a little mini book called In Him. And he's got, I don't know, I think it was 70-some scriptures 
of, or maybe even more than that now, I can't remember, I can't remember now how many it is, but where he encourages you to go through the, go through the New Testament and find, and find all of the scriptures that say in him or in Christ or in Jesus, because that's where you are today. Find those and say, that's who I am. That's, that, that's me right there. So that's, that's who you are since you're in Christ. Flip it over. And this is just kind of the same, same principle, but this is just you know, uh, the statement, who am I? You want to know who you are? Who, who wants to know who you are? Well, here's a list of things that you are. Listen, I am loved. For God so loved me. Right? I am the salt of the earth. Matthew 5. I am the light of the world. Matthew 5.14. I am a child of God. You see, all of these things, are, 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 all of these scriptures are things that, say, that, that the Bible says this is who you are. And man, you could go down the list and just, I mean, you know, just pick out a, pick out a number of them and just, and just meditate on them all day. Man, I am a son of God, and I'm one in Christ. Glory to God. I'm a fellow citizen with the rest of, the, of God's family. We're all fellow citizens together in Christ. Amen. I'm hidden with Christ in God. Man, I mean, come on. See, so, so this, is how, this is how you start to get a, a mind shift. You, you find Scripture you hide Scripture in your heart so that the next time that that thing comes up, the next time that that trouble comes up, you've got Scripture. I love the Scripture that where Jesus told His disciples, He said, it was right near the end of His life there, and He told them, He said, He said, boy, Satan's coming. He said, I can sense it. I'm paraphrasing. But he said, boy, Satan's coming. I can sense it. He says, but you know what? He says, he'll, he, he won't find anywhere in me that he can put a hook. And I love the message translation, I believe, in that verse says this. It says, he says, I have nothing that's in common with him. Ooh, that'll preach. Jesus said, I have nothing in common with Satan. So therefore, there ain't nothing he can do to me. Because he won't find he won't find he won't find a, a crack in my armor to where he can put his foot in. How could Jesus say that? Well, because the the fruit, the that fruit of the spirit, was was inside of him. He he was the perfect. Listen, he's the perfect example for us. He came. He I mean he he came and and you know uh, Bill Johnson talked about this this morning in that foundations class that was so good. He, he came and and the Bible says that he laid down Jesus laid down his heavenly attributes and he came and he chose. To live his life as a man, just like you and me. Everything that Jesus did on this earth, he did it as a man. If he did it, now listen, that'll get you thrown out of some churches. <laughs> but because here's the thing if Jesus did it as God, then there's no hope for me. I mean, that was Jesus and he was God, man. I mean, I, I, I'm nowhere near that. But you know what? If, if, the, if the reality is that Jesus. If he did it as a man, then that means if he did it, that means I can do it. Amen. Because I, I am just, he is just, he, he, was, he was a man just like me, empowered by the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, and we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. So the question, who are you? Who do you see yourself as? We have to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. And when we see ourselves the way He sees us, then everything changes. We sang that song, that one, that one verse in that song says, Jesus changes, it says, Jesus, you change everything. And what a, what a truth that is. When Jesus is in your life, everything changes. Nothing's the same. Glory to God. And because of what He did, God put us in Christ. And when God sees us, He sees us just the same as His Son. So that is who you are. Amen. This is who you are. This, this is who the Bible says you are. Says that you're in Christ and just other things that just says this is who you are. You see, the Bible's full of, full of wisdom for us. 
if we'll just if we'll just get it in us. If we'll be like David and hide it in our hearts. Amen. So, we'll leave that there for next week. Amen. We'll look at next week. We'll start looking at 1 John tells us that as He is, so are we in this world. He didn't say you're going to be. He said, as He is, so are you in this world. You see, we we got we got to start seeing ourselves the way God sees us. The reason we don't get prayers answered, the reason we don't never see th- much things happen, is because we have this mindset. Oh well, you know, I you know I know God can use some people, but I, He'll never use me. Well, with that mindset, you're exactly right. But when we change and we realize that God, you know, nothing is impossible with God. All things are possible to him that believes then as believers, all things should be possible to us. Amen? Changing the way we see. Changing the, changing the thought process. And seeing ourselves the way God sees us. So that we don't have an identity crisis. So that we become just like He wants us to be. And, and the way He designed us to be. Amen? Alright, bow your heads with me. For just a moment. The first and most important aspect of this whole thing is that you've got to, he's got to be your Lord and Savior. You know, you can, you can memorize the Scriptures, you can, you can live a good life, you can do all those things, but if you don't know Him as your Savior, then all of that doesn't do you any good. The Bible says that even the, the demons know that He's God. They believe that He's God. But they, I mean, they know that He's God, but they don't believe it. They don't confess it, you know. And, and they tremble, the Bible says, because they know that He's God. But yet, the Bible says to be born again, it says you've got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. So is there anyone here today that would say, Pastor, I'm not, you know, I've never, I've never accepted Him, I've never uh, verbally made Him the Lord of my life, but I want, to, I want to give my life to Him today. I want, to, I want to change the direction of my life today. Anybody at all? Just with the raising of your hand, I'll give you a moment. Very important, guys. That's, you can never, that's the most important decision you'll ever make. Let's all stand to our feet. I didn't see any hands. Let's stand to our feet. I, I just want to, uh, you know, I want to just, the next invitation is just this. If you need prayer, uh, stay standing.